Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. Um, happy Monday. I hope things are going well for you and your friends and your family and that you've had a good week. And I hope that you have a good week going forward because because uh, I love you guys. Um, as I'm sure a lot of you probably know, just based on who listens to this podcast, um, I'm sure a lot of you know that this past week, my brother and his girlfriend, Jessica, were in a very serious car accident. Um, I don't really plan to talk about that here. It's not really the place for it. Uh, apart from the fact that I'm recording this on a Thursday, when I usually record on Sunday, because Sarah and I are, are going to fly down for the weekend and spend it with my family, who's already there, to, to see Matt and Jessica and just to kind of be there as a family. Um but I will say this much, they're both doing well. I got to talk to Matt last night, and he seemed like himself. He was cracking jokes, and he's passing all of his he's passing all of his neural exams. He's getting all the questions right. He's everything appears to be really, really great, considering how serious it was. So, to everyone that's reached out to me and my family, or even if you haven't even reached out to us but if you've just prayed for us we really really appreciate it it's meant so much to us it's been overwhelming in the best way possible how many people have reached out to us to to say they're thinking about us they're praying for us that it's it's just meant so much so thank you please continue to pray going forward because it's it's still going to be a long way to recovery but we're we're very thankful and god's been very good to us so Thank you for that. Um, this week, the movie we're going to talk about is the 2018 film Isle of Dogs. Um, this film was directed by Wes Anderson. I forgot to look up when it was released. It was released on April 13th, 2018. I had just turned 20 years old. Um, it's got a 82 on Metacritic and a 3.9 is the average rating on Letterboxd. Um, I like this film. I'm just going to start with that. Uh, I remember the first time that I saw this. It's been about three years. Um, I watched this in my first apartment in Bowling Green with uh, my then roommate and great friend of the pod, Jeremy Jones. Um, he was a fan of Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is another stop-motion animated film by Wes Anderson. Um, and he wanted to see it. And I was like, yeah, sure, dude. Looks like a movie. I'm cool for it. And so... We we watched it. I think we didn't see it in a theater, for sure. Uh, we probably just rented it on Redbox or Amazon or something. And I watched it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it, it's a movie. I mean, it's a little quirky. It's a little weird, but sure, I, I, I thought it was okay. Um, I can't remember if I saw that first or if I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox first. But I believe I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox first before seeing Isle of Dogs. I think that was kind of Jeremy's way of convincing me to watch it with him. And uh, uh, the first time I saw it, like I said, I just wasn't really hot on it. I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox was better. And uh, spoiler alert, my opinion has not changed uh, as far as that goes. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, I just watched it and, and I, I really enjoy it. It's pretty fun. Um, fast forward to 2020 and... I finally got into Wes Anderson, and I actually enjoy him. I, I like a lot of his stuff. 
I actually, I like all of it. I mean, not all of it is horribly appropriate, but I, I understand his, his style more. And so I, I appreciate his, his movies a lot better now than I did back in 2018, the first time I saw this. Um, so for me, like, I definitely like it more than I liked it the first time. I think the first time I saw it, I probably would have rated it around like a three, three and a half stars, like just kind of okay. Um, currently I'd give it at least four. I don't think it hits four and a half stars for me, but it's definitely a four star film. It's definitely something I enjoyed. And a lot of that comes with just understanding it better. Um, this film is very Wes Anderson-y. I mean, if, if for some reason, if you didn't know who directed these movies, you'd look at it and go, oh, wow, this reminds me of Fantastic Mr. Fox. And then that's obviously because it's the same people that created it. Um, visually, this film is unique. It's a little bit different from other things that he's made. Uh, it's even different from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Because for one thing, there's a lot more human characters, and uh, this movie, just in general, just looks really grimy. Um, not in a bad way, because a, a, the large portion of the story takes place on uh, a little island called Trash Island. So, like, yeah, it's probably going to have a little bit of a grimy look to it. I mean, what what can you do about that? Um, I mean, I, I liked the way the dogs looked. I think they were pretty. They all had unique features, like you could tell which dog was which, but uh, they all looked kind of dirty and gross, which they were supposed to, so it's fine. Um, this is just really neat. I mean, the way that he uses the the backdrop of like Japanese culture is is very cool. It's it's very pretty. I love all the sets. I love the costumes on the little puppets on the little characters. I think. I think it's really funny, really entertaining, the way that... <laughs> I was thinking this when I was watching it, and it's it's really kind of funny to say out loud, but, like, this is a movie about genocide. And you're like, what? I mean, it, it, it kind of is, you know? It's, it's about the mass eradication of dogs in Japan, so... You know. <laughs> it's not about genocide, but it's kind of about genocide. So, it, that's like a funny take you can you can say just to kind of rattle people up so um it's it's a fun premise i think the way that they tell it is very entertaining i love the way that they they use the scientist party that's like no we can cure them and then they they kill the scientist and cover it all up so they can they can kill the dogs um it's a very simple premise i like the way they set it up at the beginning that's like it's like this dynastic racism hate on dogs like it's kind of funny it's really funny i think but it's it's an interesting premise um i find it i just i enjoyed this movie a lot um one thing that's really neat about this movie is the way that it uses japanese culture and you kind of get this uh warning at the beginning of the film that's like hey all of the characters are going to speak in their native tongue and will occasionally be translated into english via foreign exchange student interpreter or, you know, this electronic interpretation device. And it says also that all, all barks are translated into English. So it's not very hard to understand once the film really gets going that this is being told from the dog's point of view. Because we, as an audience, as an American English-speaking audience, 
we understand the dogs, and they're the only characters that we can understand unless they're translated. So we, we are seeing this whole story from the dog's point of view, even though the main character, like the main the main character, the one person that's really pushing the story forward is the little pilot, who is Japanese and who we, we never understand really a word of what he's saying, even though we, we're telling the story from the dog's perspective. Um, I think that's really neat. It's 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 not something you see in film, in, in movies and in stories very often, where the person that's really driving the plot is is not the perspective of the story. So, I mean, it's it's cool. It's entertaining. I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was kind of neat to pick up on that because the dogs are just, they're just kind of there. They're kind of like sidekicking and assisting the little pilot, but the little pilot's the one that's making the plot happen. Um, that was pretty cool, in my opinion. Something that I found really a uh, little disappointing, honestly, is the the voice acting. I don't think it was bad in any way. I, I liked all the voice acting, but it's pretty indistinguishable from from the actors that are actually speaking. Because, and, and usually that's not something I complain about, because as long as it's good acting, it's like, who cares? But the thing that Wes Anderson does in practically all of his movies, especially once he became really famous, was he, he puts together the most insane cast list you've ever seen. I mean, just star after star after star. And, and this film is no different. I mean, it's got a spectacular cast. And it's kind of hard to pick apart who's who. Like, people with really distinguishable voices you can pick up on. Like, you know well, you know where Bill Murray is. It's like, clearly, that's Bill Murray's voice. Jeff Goldblum is the least Jeff Goldblum I'd ever heard. And, you know, like, he's got his whole way of talking that's very distinct and, like, you can easily put your finger on it. But it's kind of hard to tell that it's him. And then all these regulars that you have with... Wes Anderson cast, like Bob Balaban's in it, Francis McDormand's in it, like you can hardly kind of tell, like it's just, it's very unique, Edward Norton's in it, you can you can kind of pick up Edward Norton's voice, because he's also awfully distinct, uh, but like Brian Cranston plays Chief, the kind of like main character of the dogs, because you know, we've already established that the main character, the protagonist, is really the little pilot, but the the dog, the perspective that we follow most, is Chief who's voiced by Brian Cranston, and, like, it's a little hard to pick up that it's Brian Cranston, which, again, is not a problem, because all the acting is good and convincing, and it's really nothing to complain about, but when you have a cast like that, it'd be cool if they kind of leaned into it a little more, I guess. So, that's all right. Um, I really think that Wes Anderson's style lends itself well to stop-motion I mean, he's, it's very creative, it's very symmetrical and colorful, and with something like animation, you have limitless possibilities. Now, stop motion has possibilities and it has limits, but Karsten Runquist on YouTube has a very, has a very good video essay about um, stop motion animation and what makes it special. And, and the thing that makes stop-motion animation really special is that there is really no barrier between the creator and the final product. Like, in live action, you have the creator, the writer, the director, you know, those people that, like, create the film. Um, 
in the final product you have actors and like their take on what's actually being written and what they're being told to do so like there's a little bit of a barrier with animation like 2d 3d animation what, what we usually think of like pixar and stuff each character each scene gets passed through multiple animators and and it's all touched by a lot of hands a lot of fingerprints on, on the final product but with stop motion it is the creator and a physical object and there's there's no actors in the way. There's no other people getting in between the creative process of the creator and the final product. And that's really cool. Like you can tell very, very clearly that this is a Wes Anderson film because, because of the way that stop motion works, he, he can nitpick and pick out every detail and just, you can micromanage the entire thing to be exactly the way you want it. And it comes out and like it shows and it's unique in that way. And that makes this film and Fantastic Mr. Fox really fantastic because you can see exactly what Wes Anderson wanted everyone to see and what exactly his vision was is what lands on the screen. Um, that's really special and important and really cool. And I really like that. Um, I talked earlier that I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is a better film. And I I thought that three years ago when I saw it for the first time, and I think it's still today because it's fantastic. I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox is flawless. I don't think there's really anything wrong with it from story to animation to the voice acting, anything. I mean, it is perfect. It's so good. Um, there, there's really nothing you can say about it. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Um, this film is also really great. It's really good. It's one of the best animated films I've ever seen. Like, I really do love it. But I think Fantastic Mr. Fox on whole is a better film. But the one thing that I think this, that Isla Dogs does have over top of Fantastic Mr. Fox is the best animated scene that Wes Anderson's ever done comes from Isla Dogs. And it's the sushi scene. Like if you've probably maybe seen it on Instagram or YouTube or something, but it's it's this beautifully crafted sushi making scene where it's like traditionally done sushi, but done in stop motion and it's beautiful and it's smooth and like it's really, really great. I mean it's fantastic animation. I mean it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um so like that's the one thing that this movie does better than than anything else, than any other animation that Wes Anderson's ever done. That one scene Mwah. chef's kiss gorgeous fantastic nothing else to say about it um the writing is good i like the writing i like the story um i really like the ending a lot so the film revolves around the little pilot who is a ward of the mayor who's again the mayor is trying to wipe out all the dogs in japan and so the little pilot is his ward his He's not related by blood, I mean, he's like adopted, I guess. That's really what a ward is. Um, he's looking for his guard dog, who is banished to Trash Island, where all the dogs live prior to their execution. And um, he ends up finding his dog, but his dog, Spots, um, has found a lady dog that he loves and decides he wants to take care of his own family. And so he charges Chief, who has in his own way, bonded with the little pilot, and Chief becomes the little pilot's guard dog. And 
it's really great. It's really well told because Chief is this stray dog who detests the idea of having a master and constantly is running around with the line, I bite, don't come anywhere near. I mean, he's he's a hostile dog, honestly. He's, he's kind of rough around the edges. And he, bond, he ends up bonding with this kid. And he ends up taking on that responsibility as the guard dog. And it's, it's really beautiful. It's about someone finding love and finding their place. And, and like, it's kind of corny to say that about like a little dog puppet in a film, but it's really beautiful and well told, I think. Um, that's something that I think Wes Anderson does really well is telling that story about people who are lost and end up finding their home, wh- wherever that be, like literal home, comfort with their friends, comfort with themselves. Like it's, it's it's a really well told story, and I really love it. It's really, really good. I mean, it's fantastic. Nothing else to say. Um, there's one fun little uh, Easter egg that I picked up on that I thought I'd share. Um, there's a scene on Trash Island where they come across this like it's not an amusement park, but it kind of it's like an amusement park ride. It's something called the Pagoda Slide, and the little pilot wants to go on it, but He's technically too short, and Chief is like, don't go. I'm going to leave you behind if you do it. And, of course, the little pilot doesn't speak dog, so he he does it anyways. Um, But the pagoda slide has has an interesting name. Pagoda is kind of an Easter egg for Wes Anderson fans, I guess, in its own little way. Uh, Pagoda is the name of a character in the Royal Tenenbaums. He's like the porter of the, the Royal Tenenbaum house. I don't want to say servant, that sounds kind of bad, but I don't know how else to really describe it. He's kind of like Royal Tenenbaum's assistant, porter, I don't know how to really classify that character, but he's, that's his name, his name is Pagoda. And uh, that actor, the, the character, well, the actor who played Pagoda in the Royal Tenenbaums was a guy that worked at a coffee shop in Austin, Texas where Wes Anderson went to school. He went to school at the University of Texas. Um, Did you guys hear that train? That was really loud. I think I'm going to leave that in there because that's pretty cool. But um, (laughs) Wes Anderson went to the University of Texas in Austin, and uh, this, this guy worked at a coffee shop. And so when they made their first movie, Bottle Rocket, he he put this guy at the coffee shop in there because he really liked him. It was like a good friend of his. He always, you know, hung out and studied at that coffee shop. And so for a while he put him in all of his movies and eventually the, the guy, I mean, he was awfully old. He ended up passing away. And so in his own way in Isle of Dogs, he kind of pays homage to this old friend of his by using a former character that he played using that name in this movie. If you followed that, congratulations, because that was not really well presented. But it's kind of a fun Easter egg. When I heard it, my eyes kind of lit up like, hey, I know that name. It was pretty cool. So uh, that's really all I've got to say about Isle of Dogs. It's really great. If you didn't watch it prior to this episode coming out, I really strongly recommend you do. It's on Disney Plus, actually. I don't know why it's on Disney Plus, but it is. And it's lovely. Go watch it. It's like an hour 45. It's awfully short, but it's, it's fun. It's something I think you'll enjoy. So that's my review. Um, 
like I said, I don't have much to talk about apart from the movie this week because a lot of my thought process has been dominated by Matt and Jessica and and concern for them. But because they're okay, I've I've stopped worrying as much. I'm still obviously concerned for my brother and his girlfriend and these people are my family and I care about them, but I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't have all the details and I don't want to start spreading stuff, posting it on a podcast for Pete's sake when I don't even really know what's going on. So if you could keep praying, that'd be great. I'd really appreciate that. My whole family would, but, um, I guess, I guess there's one thing I could talk about and it's my my idea of doing the one photo a day. I briefly talked about that in the first episode of the year with my uh, New Year's resolutions. I bought this old camera not all that long ago. It's a Exacta VX1000. It's just this old German film camera. And I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. And the problem with me in photography is that if it can take me a long time to get through a roll of film. And so I decided to put on this project of like, I'm going to take one picture every day because I knew that if I had two film cameras, I wouldn't be able to get through a roll of film for anything. Like, and I just, I would use it it just, they would go unused. And that's, that's really a shame because I enjoy taking pictures. I really love both of my cameras. And so I want to be able to put them to use. And so I thought, well, if I use it every day, obviously going to get a lot of use out of it. So um, I'm on day 13 right now as I'm recording this, and uh, this is really hard. <laughs> it's it's a really big task, and I, I don't think I really understood it when I decided to do it, but I think I'm going to stick with it. Um, because when you think about it, if you decide to take a picture every day, you're going to start, you're going to have to become really creative really fast with what you take pictures of. Um because you can only take so many pictures of the same things before you're like, this is really boring. And my idea is that at the end of the year, I can put them together into like a photo book, like a photo album kind of thing. And it's like, this is what the year 2022 looked like for me. And I don't want to just take the same picture over and over and over again. Cause like, that's so boring. Who would want to do that? Like, I don't want to look back at my life and realize how repetitive and boring it was. So like, I'm trying to be creative, taking pictures of different things and, To do that, you have to pay a lot of attention. You have to notice certain things. You've got to keep your eye open for certain things. And for me, that's been really awesome. Like that's, I talked about my two favorite films of the year were Patterson and Come On, Come On. And what I love about those is how they appreciate the small things in life. And it's about the noticing is the way that I kind of describe it to myself. Um, It's these characters noticing the little things, the small details. And that's what this kind of art project kind of thing is about. It's about noticing the little things, the the little things that are beautiful or cool looking. And and you just capture those. And that's really cool. And obviously there's uh, going to be a challenge because like 365 unique or close enough to unique things is, is a lot of things. And it's a lot of pictures to take, and it's a lot of film to use, but I think it'll be really cool come the end of the year. So that's something I've been thinking about is is that. It's like, well, how do I keep coming up with new things? And so I start taking my camera to work with me and just having it on you. So when you notice the right thing at the right time, you can take a picture. That's pretty cool. I'm enjoying it. 
So I guess there's that. I, I feel the need to talk about something apart from the movie because I don't talk about the movie for very long, but I don't know. So this has been a hard week, but I, I wanted to put this out anyways because I wanted, I want this to be a regular part of my life and I want to keep this routine going. So I just kind of put it together, I guess. So sorry, this wasn't as good as my other episodes. I promise I'll do better going forward, but thanks for listening. Thanks for reaching out and praying for my family. I really love and appreciate it all so much. Um, but in the meantime, between now and next week, be good to each other, be good to yourselves, drive safe, put on your seatbelt for Pete's sake, and until next time. Oh!